Gracious God, we thank you for the gifts of your scripture, the stories that tell us about who we are and who um, the people of our tribes, far flung as they may be in history and in space and time, understood themselves. And as we look forward, God, may your spirit be upon us, and may we understand a little bit more what it is to be uh, children in a world that is yours. In your son's name we pray, amen. So this morning as I was driving in, I was reminded of a parable from the Talmud. Uh, If any of you are on Being fans uh, that listen to the NPR uh, uh, program, uh, this was actually on this morning. Rabbi Lau Levi, who who does a uh, uh, congregation in New York City, they were retelling it, and I thought, oh, I remember this story. And the story goes a little something like this. There's a ship that is sailing, and there are many many cabins, and one of the people in the cabins on the lower floor decides, hey, I want to dig a hole in the floor of my cabin. And so he does it. And sure enough, wouldn't you believe it, the ship begins to sink. Big surprise. And the other passengers suddenly discover what's going on, and they see this guy with a hole in his floor, and they say, what are you doing? And the man replies, well, it's my cabin. I paid for it. And the ship sinks. Now, this story opens up for us, I think, different ways to think about these last three chapters in Esther. But also, I think, as we're looking at the end of this four weeks and a book that we don't spend a whole lot of time on, what do we do with this book of Esther? What do we do as Christians leaning into a story that was written for the Jewish people? How do we live into it? And I think there are a couple characters in this parable that I think are worth reflecting on. The first group is the group who is the rest of the people in the cabin. Imagine right now that we are on a ship. Where does anybody want to go on a cruise? Pick one. Okay, we're going to go on an Alaskan cruise, which the end, I mean, that's cold water. So it's going to make it even more tragic as we go along. So we're all on a cruise together, the SS Old Stone, which is a terrible name for a ship. Um, We are going along at pace, and you all are having a good time. The food's good, entertainment's good, and here I am. I was late to get a ticket. I'm on the bottom of the ship. Now, all of you are part of this ship too, right? We're all in this together. And so when we read stories like this story about the ship or we read stories like Esther, in part we see ourselves in this story. We are connected to these people in some way. Maybe directly, maybe you've been someplace, you've had an experience where you could say, I sort of felt like Esther once. You know, I was doing the best I could, and I felt like I was called to a particular moment, and you know what, I stood up and good things happened. Or maybe there's a time you felt like Mordecai, where you called out something that was wrong, and were facing difficult consequences for your choices. Or maybe you were like Haman, 
We're all members of our ship. And in some ways, we are responsible for what happens on our ship. We have identities, friends, that shape who we are, and they are complex, and they are layered, and they change, but they are a part of who we are. At this moment, in our analogy, we are all riders on a ship that some doofus is looking to sink. Ethan, I'm the doofus in this story right now. And there are places that stories like this connect with us because at least a little bit, we share an identity with the folks that we're talking about in Esther. As Christian people, part of our story is through the Abrahamic tradition. So these Jewish folks are part of our story. Jesus was Jewish. We can't claim it entirely, but this is part of who we are. These stories are part of who we represent. We are passengers on the SS Tanakh, on the SS Old Testament. We bring that story with us. It's why we hear the Old Testament read every week, because it's part of who we are. And moreover, friends, last I checked at this congregation, we are all human. If any of you are aliens, I apologize. But as far as I can tell, we are all human. And so regardless of how we feel about that Old Testament, we share the story of the human story that is so elegantly written in this book. And so we can't ignore the last few chapters of Esther because it is part of our story. However tangential we may think it is, it is part of who we are. But we cannot make a one-to-one connection either. The thing we can do, I think, with the last three chapters of Esther or any really difficult story in Scripture is that we can see how it appends to our stories today. All these last few weeks, we have talked about the fact that who we have in front of us in the story of Esther are people who were just torn away from their land not that long ago and are just starting to realize what it is to return back to home. People far more powerful than them took it upon themselves to tear them away from the things that they loved, the things that they understood. Wouldn't you be angry if that happened to you? Wouldn't it inflict a type of trauma on you that you needed to find a way to process, to work out, and there were no good therapists in the Old Testament times? No masters of therapy? So they told stories. And it was their group therapy to process who they were. And if I was traumatized so bad by having somebody tear me from my home, boy, I would love to get back with them, back at them. Isn't there that rage you feel when somebody you love dies and you just want to fight God? Something tragic happens and you're like, I want to do something. Your fists clench and you're ready to start shadow boxing the air. How is it any different from our, for our beloved people in Esther? What we can see here is a story of deep trauma. 
how people respond to it. And if we have ever dealt with that trauma in our lives, we can appreciate that. And if we haven't, friends, God bless you, I am thankful for that. But we can start to see what happens when people tell really angry stories after they've been deeply hurt. That how do we deal with people who are far more powerful than us, taking us from the places and the things that we love? What role does violence take in the world around us? But here's the thing. We also can't dismiss everything altogether either, which I think is too often the easy answer, especially when we talk about Old Testament texts. As Christians, we could say, well, that doesn't really apply to us. It's not, you know, we have the New Testament. It just doesn't matter. So I don't think we should just dismiss the violence in Esther. We shouldn't just dismiss what's going on as if it is something that isn't significant. Friends, we are not so enlightened. We have not gotten so far past in our modern society that we can just discount the story as barbaric violence of a group of people thousands of years ago. And I don't feel like that kind of arrogance has any place in Christian life. To presume that somebody across the way from us, who's a little different from us, who does things differently, who may have endured different things, we can just dismiss as like, well, eh, you know, they don't really know what they're doing. We are all on this ship together. So the other side of this is to take the dismissal so far that we argue that this has nothing to do with us at all so that we sequester ourselves up into nowhere. Esther's just a nice story from some foreign time. That violence, that trauma, nothing but stories. We're obviously better than that, more enlightened than that. We would never do something like that. And that's not who we need to be either. Otherwise, I fear that who we become is the person that's steadily turning the auger at the bottom of the ship. Because they own the space. They get to define the rules. So they dig slowly and slowly and slowly. And sure enough, the ship itself begins to sink. And the response is, this is mine, I own it. seems to be the more that we draw ourselves in and the more that we are not willing to allow the stories of this world to be a part of who we are, we are leading towards our certain destruction. Rabbi Abraham Heschel said, morally speaking, there is no limit to the concern one must feel for the suffering of human beings, that indifference to evil is worse than evil itself, that in a free society some are guilty, but all are responsible. Let me say that again. Morally speaking, there is no limit to the concern one must feel for the suffering of human beings, that indifference to evil is worse than evil itself, that in a free society some are guilty, but all are responsible. Friends, the third argument of this ship sinking is the question of why didn't the people try to stop the ship from sinking? Why didn't they plug the hole? Why didn't they tell the guy to knock it off? 
We are part of this world. Friends, we are part of a ship that is moving. We don't get to get off of it. And all around us, there are people who are ready to start steadily putting holes in. Well, I don't need to listen to those folks. I can sequester myself off into some area, and so I'm just going to dig my hole. I own it. This is mine. So we carry some responsibility because we're all in it together, but we don't need to carry the guilt of it. When we hear the cries of people who are hurting, who have dealt with the pain and the trauma of this world, we can seek to find their hearts and not dismiss their story. When folks are trying to put holes in our sacred ship, our shared ship, we should help them find a better way. Because, friends, the ship doesn't need to go down. The question for us, friends, at the end of this book of Esther and as we look forward to the next weeks is we need to decide how we will respond to the stories as people are sharing them as we are jointly responsible for what's happening with those stories. When I went to sleep last night, I was struggling with this sermon because in El Paso, people lost their lives. And when I woke up this morning, I struggled with this sermon because people in Dayton lost their lives. And that story is part of our story. And every time something like this happens, it's an auger that is digging deeper into our ship. And I don't care how you feel about guns, I could care less right now. That's not the point. The point is people lost their lives. And what are we going to do about it? What part of our story, what part of Esther's story, invites us to not reach out and say, how can we help bring you back to life? And friends, we can fight, and we can complain, and we can bicker, and we can demean, but all of those are not ways to take the responsibility to being in a shared ship with a shared story and not ignoring what's happening and looking to heal. Because friends, if every time tragedy besets us, if every time people are going shopping People are going to a garlic festival of all places. And they lose their lives. What are we doing? What are we doing? I don't even have to say weeks like this, God feels all too silent. I can say the last 24 hours, God feels all too silent. Because I'm watching. The holes get dug deeper and deeper and deeper. I'm watching narratives of violence take such a foothold into this world that we feel like that the best we can do is send our kids with some bullet 
bulletproof backpacks and call it a day. But friends, here is where the story of Esther as a book matters so much to us. Because in the midst of God being silent, we can be strategic. We can go to places like Esther and Mordecai did and stand up for the things that are right. We can work towards saving the lives of the people who are around us, and it may mean even our own. Just like Esther saved her own life. And friends, through all of it, if there's one thing that the story of Esther tells us is that no matter what is happening in this world, we are called to persevere. That when God seems silent, God is working all around us. That when the pain of this world feels like it is too much to bear, and it, it, it creates so much noise that God's soft voice is drowned out. We keep going. And we keep walking. Friends, even in the last 24 hours, I take hope and solace in the fact that God is with us in broken spaces and at broken times. That perhaps when we watch people set holes into our ship, the best we can do is grieve and give glory to God who is still here and still amongst us and find ways to save lives. Friends, as we continue through this day, as we sing, as we celebrate at the table, remember where life is. And remember that this table is part of our story too. Thanks be to God.